back to another episode of Call Me Donovan. Today is 260 days of alcohol retirement. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. <laughs> no, what a... It's, it's Sunday afternoon. Today is actually Super Bowl Sunday, which I couldn't give two shits about because I'm not a sports guy. I don't watch football at all. I don't watch baseball at all. I don't watch basketball at all. I honestly wouldn't care if all those sports just went off into Never Never Land. But I know that they're a large part of our economy, sometimes too large of a part of our economy. Something I saw earlier today, um, I think it's up in New York, something about them giving like 200-something million dollars in tax breaks for a new stadium or some bullshit like that, and then they turn right around and cut 200 million out of child services, something like that. Don't quote me. But priorities, man, I think they're fucked up, situations like that. But yeah, today's February the 11th. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Woohoo, big deal, whatever. <laughs> but what I did want to talk about, other than the fact that they, t today is 260 days of alcohol retirement. Getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. And we're in February. So any of you, well, you, dear listener, if you know anything about me, then you know that I was involved in the cable broadband industry for 13 years. I started out in 1999 as the network manager for a small small town, small city in South Central Georgia called Tifton, right here in Tifton, Georgia. And they created a department within the city called CityNet. I know, brilliantly named, right? It was, it was really something, it was very beneficial and has been beneficial for this area. And uh, I was primarily in charge of dealing with uh, the cable modem broadband side of the company, as well as managing... All of the network infrastructure throughout the 14 buildings that the city owned. And as luck would have it, eventually I became the superintendent, then I became the general manager. So for roughly 10-ish of those years, I ran the show. And not only did my tenure of being in that industry train me and teach me a lot when it, when it came to broadband communications and networking and IP addressing and all kinds of shit, but it also let me see how the cable industry, the television side of it worked. Now, I'm getting to a point, so just bear with me, because this is, this is important. And I remember the days where all the buzz was a la carte, a la carte this and a la carte that. And I said, even then, a la carte will never work. And all of the people, they were like, no, 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 we need a la carte. Well, I understand or understood then, and I still understand the reasoning, because cable packages are built in such a fashion that as a cable provider, you secure your rights to carry certain channels from the broadcasters themselves. Now, we went through the NCTC, which, is, which was, and I guess it's still around, but it was uh, the National Cable Television Co-op. And what they did is, is very much like a union. What they did is if you were a member of NCTC, then they did sort of a collective bargaining on the behalf of all of their members. Because small independent cable companies did not have the bargaining power 
that your your big Time Warners and your Mediacoms and just name any of the big ones out there. And, you know, with millions and millions and millions of subscribers, they could go to an ESPN and say, look, you know, we're going to bring X number of subscribers. What kind of deal can you give for us? We were a small provider, so we had a total of about 3,000 paying cable TV subscribers. And there's absolutely no bargaining power whatsoever for us to go to ESPN and say, look at what we've got. We've got these 3,000 subscribers over here. Can you give us a deal? No. But as a member of the NCTC, along with all the other plethora of small operators, we made up the numbers. We, we would have several hundred thousand to, I think, a million or two million subs. Could have been more as collecting as a collective bargaining position for the NCTC to go and hammer out these deals. And that worked. But let me tell you, this is the reason why a la carte would never, never have worked. When you went to get ESPN, and I use that as an example— And my memory's a little fuzzy, so if I don't get this 100% right, then I do apologize, but you'll get the gist because they've actually added more channels. But back then, you had the main channel, ESPN, and maybe you had about five, six, seven, eight other channels. I can't remember. And as a cable provider, you were required that if you took ESPN, you had to take all their other channels. And not only that, you had to make ESPN available on your most heavily penetrated tier. So they were going to get their pound of flesh. They were definitely going to get their pound of flesh. And what I mean by that is the most heavily penetrated tier is, let's say we had two packages. We had basic and then we had super expanded. Let's say that because that's exactly what we did have. You had to put ESPN in the basic. And the reason why was because that would be considered your most highly penetrated tier Because anybody that subscribed to Super Expanded also got basic. You see what I'm saying? And the kicker is this. People may have wanted to watch ESPN or ESPN2, but nobody really gave a shit about the other five, six, seven, or eight channels. But we were required to carry them, which meant we also had to make room for them on the system. Um, We started out as an analog system, a 750 megahertz system. We eventually went digital. We stayed 750. We didn't upgrade to 860, but the digital is what saved our butts because in a 6 megahertz spectrum, that is the channel width of an analog channel. Back in the early days, analog, when you when you turn to, say, channel 10, channel 10 is WALB in, out of Albany, Georgia here. You turn to channel 10 on your cable system, that was using up a 6 megahertz slice of the spectrum. When we went digital, we could literally put, if it was standard definition, 10, easily, 10 standard definition channels in that 6 megahertz. Now, if it was an HD channel, the best we could do at the time was put 2 because we were still doing MPEG-2. When everything went to MPEG-4, you could put 3, maybe 4, but anyway, I'm veering off the path here because I'm getting to a point. And I know you're going, damn it, Donovan, get to the goddamn point. Okay, I'm trying. Just bear with me because I'm bitching about cable packages. So that's the reason why a la carte didn't work because it was like, okay, so we, let's say we could get ESPN and their plethora of channels for $3 per sub. Well, that's because of the amount of, of subs that they were going to get. 
if it was a Time Warner com- coming in and saying, we're bringing a million and a half or five million subscribers at $3, you can do the math. Members of NCTC, they went hammered out these agreements. They said, look, we've got two million subscribers across all of our our members. What kind of deal can you you give us? And you these deals always had to be hammered out every three years. They came up for renewal every three years. I'm presuming it still works the same way today. So back then I was like, well, if they did go a la carte to make up for the loss, because I was the type of customer that I could have done without ESPN. You know, if you'd have given me a cable package and said, well, you don't, here's, here's the cable package minus ESPN and it's $30. Here's the cable package with ESPN and it's 40. I'd be like, well, give me the 30 because I don't give a shit about ESPN, but we couldn't do that. And so my argument was, well, if they ever did go a la carte, that ESPN goes from being $3 that we pay for them to make up their money. You're looking $15, $20 to get all of the ESPN stuff. That's the reason why I think a la carte never took off. And then came the streaming wars. And it was like, oh, this is the death knell for cable. I can finally pick and choose what I want. You know, first it was Netflix. Then we had Hulu. And then everybody started getting into it. YouTube TV. Then Hulu said, no, we're going to do TV service. Because think about, remember this, the original streaming services didn't start out providing TV, cable TV style services. They were on-demand type services. Your Netflix, Hulu was the same way. You want to you wanna watch a show that, let's say, was on ABC or something, uh, then it, it aired on Tuesday night, it'd be on Hulu by Wednesday. And then they added the TV tier. And then YouTube TV came about. And there's Sling, and you've got Direct Stream, which used to be Direct TV, which used to be AT&T. Good God. I mean... And now you've got fast, which your 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 free advertiser supported television, that's basically a replica of the way things used to be, snatching them out of the air, except they come over the grand old internet now. Huh. Well, it's gotten to and and you've if you've paid any attention, or if you pay for any of these services, you realize now that I think the last statistic I saw is that paying for streaming services as compared to cable has finally pushed over that mark to where it's now more expensive to pay for streaming services than it is to pay for cable television. The impetus for this discussion is I am still a customer of the cable broadband company that I used to run. Now, in 2009, the city sold it to Plant Telephone, which was an incumbent telephone company that was operated out of 14 exchanges. And I was there from 2009 when it was when it was sold to Plant to 2012 when I left. And then a few years later, it was sold to a company called True Vista, which I think they're headquartered out of South Carolina, North Carolina, somewhere like that. And even before True Vista bought them, Plant Tiffnet, or then it eventually became just plant TV or plant tail or TV or some shit like that. They had swapped over to a streaming style service. When when I left, we still had digital set-top boxes. They used to be Scientific Atlanta, then SA was bought by Cisco, and then they became Cisco boxes. Well, they migrated that over to a streaming t- style service where they gave you these little Android boxes or 
you just installed the app on a compatible device, Apple TV, a Fire Stick. Never did get it on Roku, Roku because apparently Roku wanted too much money. And so for the last several years, and then of course True Vista bought them, and then the app eventually went from, say, in Plantel to True Vista. And so we've been getting our channels that way. Now, I'm on what's I'm on a package where I get a 500 megabit down, 15 megabit up cable internet, and our television service all together was about $197 a month, which is fucking ridiculous. It 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 is. I called last week and found out that just to get the internet by itself would have been $90. But if you look at the bill the way it's priced out is the cable TV is some kind of family package, and then the internet is like $55. But if you strip the cable stuff out, then the internet almost doubles. Now, I know it's customary to go up about $10 or so, but to to fucking double? Anyway, and the reason why I called is because I have paid about $197 for several years now. This last bill was $210. And the reason for it is they've got a little line in there called the broadcast TV surcharge. I don't care about local broadcast television. I don't watch it, but I'm I, I'm having to pay for it. It was $19.95. Now it's over $30. It went up almost $13. So I started shopping around. I was like, can I, can I save money? And the answer is yes, with an asterisk. I started checking out YouTube TV. I'm on the 21-day trial. And the interface is, okay, in my house, the biggest obstacle that I have to get over when it comes to any types of changes for television service is my wife. Two things, the interface and channel availability. Now, we are creatures of habit. And one of the things is my wife has to have the television on when she goes to sleep. We've been able to negotiate a truce to the point where it can be turned down to where I can bear, barely hear it. And since her, she's had her cataract surgery and can now see for almost a year now, or over a year, because her final checkup was almost a year ago, that's, that's been working. And there's particular channels that she wants to have on at night. One of them is WeTV. Another one could be Ion. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I was looking at the fact that okay, if I if I dropped True Vista's cable television and I just uh, I, I took their internet and I went with YouTube TV, which I could get I think for the first six months at sixty three dollars, then it goes to seventy three dollars. I was going to save somewhere between twenty five and thirty dollars a month. Okay, not the biggest amount, but okay. First thing I discovered, they don't have an agreement with A and E which means A&E's not on there, none of the lifetimes are on there, and more importantly, History Channel's not on there. Now, they have ION, and they have WeTV. But we can also get ION out of the air here. I run a Plex server. I've got one of those uh, HD home run boxes with an antenna in my attic. I can get uh, Comet, uh, ION, a couple of other channels around here. Could probably do better if the thing was outside, but that's a pain in the ass. I did it more as a proof of concept, actually, and found out it, it actually works pretty well. Didn't really realize how much of a deal breaker not having History Channel was going to be. And honestly, you're going to laugh, but the reason why is because we like ancient aliens. We've seen almost all of them all to death, 
But there's sometimes on Friday nights when we go to bed, just having that on in the background, Giorgio Sukalos and all the other gang, and you know, and then even the show that uh, the Unexplained with William Shatner, and uh, the now the one with Dan Aykroyd. Come to find out, we we really did not like not having History Channel. And Lifetime, one or two days a week, actually plays the shit out of Castle to the point where I'm about sick of it now, but I still love Castle. I like Nathan Fillion. So I was like, okay, let me look at Hulu TV. Well, I'm already paying for Hulu, and I'm paying the extra $3 for Disney+, Plus. so I got that package. So I'm already paying about $20.98, so let's just say $21. To go up, to, to basically get all of that plus the live TV would be $90. So I did the quick math and I was like, wait a minute. That's saving about $50. And I'm not taking into account of taxes and the extraneous fees. So let's just, let's just go know that this is probably a little on the higher side. But saving about $50 a month. That's $600 a year. And they have History Channel. They don't have Ion. But I got two different ways of getting Ion, damn it. I can get it out of the air or I can get it off of Pluto TV, one of those fast services. What they didn't have, motherfuckers, was Wii TV. <sighs> no Wii TV. So even though, even though I could save approximately $600 a year by switching over to Hulu Live TV, I can't do it because they don't have fucking Wii TV. <laughs> and... The reason for this is they play Law and Order certain times during during the week, and that is one of the channels, depending on what day it is, that we go to sleep with it playing. And I cannot get Wii TV out of the air. I cannot find Wii TV on any of the fast services. And I told my wife, I said, "Well, YouTube TV had Sundance, and Sundance actually plays Law and Order." The one thing I didn't check was if Hulu TV had Sundance. I don't remember seeing it, but don't quote me on that. That could be one way that I could get past this, but she doesn't seem very positive about it. And so I, I took you with me on this meandering journey to explain how just absolutely bone shit crazy fucked up cable services, cable television style services are. Even in 2024, they, they are worse today than they were 20 years ago. Because if I pick one service, I got to give up a certain number of channels. If I pick another service because they have those channels, they may not have one or two of the other ones that I want, like Ion and WeTV in this instance. So all of our advancements that we have made in this industry haven't really been advancements at all when it comes to the consumer being the beneficiary of all these advancements. The technology has advanced. The way it's delivered has advanced. The number of channels that you can have has advanced. As long as you've got an internet connection, decent internet connection, you can take advantage of any of these services but you damn near need all of them just to get all of the fucking channels that you want. And it's infuriating. And as someone who's been in that industry for over a decade, I just shake my head and I'm like, my God, what have we done? <laughs> so that was my story. That's what I was dealing with this past week. 
And not only that, but True Vista didn't bother. They didn't notify anybody that the prices were, were going up. They they pulled this shit before. They didn't uh, they didn't notify because see I'm on auto pay and and no paper billing. Just send me the invoice in the email. Sometime last year, several months back, they changed billing systems. Probably mentioned that on here at some point. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Don't remember. This is like episode 25 or something, I think. I don't know. I'm not counting. And, um, you know, I got an email that said, hey, you need to take care of this bill. Anyway, we got all that situated. But they didn't bother alerting anybody that your cable bill was going up. And when I called customer service and I politely complained there and the lady told me, don't worry. They didn't let us know either. They found out about it when customers started calling in and complaining. Well, that's customer service for you there, baby. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, what What do you think about the, the cable situation? Are you on like DirecTV or Dish? Do you pay for any of the streaming TV services like YouTube TV, Sling, Hulu TV? Uh, I, one of my clients, they basically say, look, we, we pay for Netflix, and we watch stuff on Pluto. We got plenty to watch, which I like Pluto. You know, if you're not familiar with it, it's it's one of those fast services. It's free. It's 100% free. It's supported by ads, just like traditional cable, uh, uh, traditional television, I should say, over-the-air television. And they have channels dedicated to, like, just particular genres or Let's say they've, they've got a, a Stargate channel that plays SG-1, Atlantis, and um, Destiny. But do you go down that route, or are you with a traditional cable company? And even today, I'm not sure which traditional cable company still use the digital set-top boxes, or do they all do streaming now? I've been out of it. Like I said, last time I was a part of it was 2012. So, anyway, I hope you are doing well. I hope uh, this February has been good to you, and I hope that if you have a significant other, that uh, you have a you and your significant other have a good time this uh, coming Wednesday, which is Valentine's Day. My wife and I are planning to go out and eat. I bought her a couple of presents. She said she bought me something, and uh, in just a few, a few months, it'll be our thirty fourth wedding anniversary. So yay! Anyway. That's it for me. This is drawn on long enough, but I just really wanted to talk about that and get that off my chest and just bitch. But yay, 260 days of alcohol retirement. If you're going through this as well, I hope you're doing okay with your alcohol retirement. And until next time, you can call me anything you want, but like I keep trying to tell you, I'd prefer if you call me Donovan. Donovan. <laughs>